to your mother it's time for another episode of birds with friends just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the eagles eating teams like bacon steaks and cheese it's philadelphia bow and shield in the cut kicking it cooler than two penguins still bows old arch nemesis greg cosell shows up and it gets real pull up a branch and chill it's time to get ill with some birds with friends the early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bowolf and Shukapati are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. Birds I'm gonna have friends. the rest of my life with these kids. Birds wow. Get, we gotta get that in a drop uh, immediately. I was edit that one out. That didn't come out quite. There's no editing. No, no editing yeah, on this that's podcast. That's the wonderful of Birds with Friends. No editing. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Friday happy hour. I am uh, Nameless Employee Number 2, joined by Nameless Employee Number 3. This is Birds with Friends. We are here to talk about uh, the first day of live practice, or at least practice that featured a sprinkling of live tackling plays for the Eagles. The first leg of camp is done, so we will take uh, we, we will talk about our Quactus report, and then maybe we'll close with a little stork report. Stork up, stork down on some players who have, uh, you know, changed our opinion of them after five days of practice uh here as we uh you know we prepare for our first day off how are you mr berman ah you know what i gave your name what am i doing (laughs) i'm doing well i'm excited for this podcast now um you know we had to we just for a little inside baseball we we were about you know a minute in to the podcast and we had to stop on account of some uh some laggy internet and you know what it only made me think of you're not so one of us is not really Nate Gary. No, that is true. You don't Nate have that Gary high has, speed internet. You got the Joe Walker dial up. Who gave that Joe Walker joke? I saw that 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 came via Twitter. Yeah, shout out to uh, Kill a Cow. Kill a Cow. Yes, you gave him a fifty-six k. Um, so let's talk about that. You filed the uh, the practice observations, which you can read on the Athletic, and of course you can subscribe. At theathletic.com slash birds with friends for forty percent off. Uh, what were your uh, what were your headline takeaways from this uh, this day of practice? That was really we saw some sessions with the, uh, the the twos in which they got to tackle to the ground. The ones did not tackle to the ground, but it was still a uh, a competitive practice, as they would like to say. Yes, they had some move the ball periods. Yeah, most scrimmage like that they've had thus far. A little underwhelmed by. Just the anticipation in terms of the contact periods, like you said, and intelligently, probably they're 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 not having contact with their starters, keeping those. It was more thud for them. They want to get answers on those backups, to use Doug Peterson's words, and so those guys had had the contact periods. Uh, but overall, my big takeaway with the practice, and I suppose it's it's a matter of of perspective here. Either the defensive line looked really good or the offensive line looked really bad. Which one do you go? Well, this is right. This is the you know this is the classic training camp conundrum, and it was the last period, especially. Although the defensive line was was pretty much killing the offensive line all day long. Yeah. Uh, but the last period, especially, there was something like six sacks in you know in like a series of, you know, eight plays or something crazy like that. Um, and it was the ones and the twos. And yeah, how do you read it? Do you read it as, uh, you know, wow, this defensive line is going to be pretty good? Or is it, wow, is this offensive line going to be a problem? Or is it both? Uh, I think today, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's pro- you probably have to take it as a bad sign if there's no, uh, 
I mean, I, I, although I guess, no, Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson both practiced. So, I mean, Malik Jackson had a really good day. I don't know. What do you, how do you feel? Convince me. I don't know if I can convince you one way or the other. Um, in I, I did think the defensive line played well. I think there are questions about particular players on the offensive line. I mean, there are times, look, when there's just a, a good pass rush. But I, I, I think when you look at the offensive line overall, it wasn't Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson who had the issues. Uh, I, th- I thought Malik Jackson got the better of Isaac Siamalu. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and so, yeah, I think it's, you know, you go down the line, like Josh Sweat's dominating Andre Dillard. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a bad thing. Yes. Uh, Malik Jackson's dominating Isaac Sayamalo. That's probably fine. That's mm-hmm. probably a good sign that Malik Jackson uh, looks good and is healthy. Uh, you know, Joe Osman for the second straight year is just, you know, dominating Jordan Mailata. Like, Jordan Mailata's going to be out of the league and wake up screaming in the middle of the night with visions of Joe Osman in his head. Uh, that's probably par for the course. Uh, you know, Hassan Ridgeway is beating Sua Opeta. That's probably a good sign. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other, you know, Casey Tuhill is beating Jack Driscoll. Driscoll. That's yeah. probably a bad sign. I don't know. Yeah. In, in, tell me. in yeah. the practice report, I referenced you and I, I said how you said it doesn't count when, uh, when Joe Osman does the inside spin move against Jordan Maialata. And I just imagine like Jordan Maialata getting cut, ending up somewhere. Joe Osman does that in the game. And it's like they, they replay the down because it, it doesn't count when he does that move. You know? uh, like that. It's not fair. Uh, but yeah, it's, and it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's like when you play a, a video game and the same play works every time. And so you just run that same play. And right. the person you're playing against is it just has no answer for it. Uh, that's exactly what it is here. I, as I say that, I realize you might not be playing video games, uh, but uh, that's exactly what it not was. Right, the second. Yeah, Joe Osman really, uh, and, and you pointed it out. Now I'm more aware of it. Just takes advantage of Jordan Mailata with that move. That being said, I'd, I'd be more concerned about the Dillard Siamalu part. Uh, and I think Malik Jackson has, has had a strong week. But still, Isaac, Isaac Sayamalu is a player who who the Eagles gave an extension to, who Jason Kelsey talks about as as if like he's better than what the fan base might think about him, and this is a, a year when he can show it. And I thought Isaac has, has, has had his moments in, in previous years, but Malik Jackson had, what, three sacks today? Um, and he plays against Sayamalu in those reps. So that's just something to think about. Well, I mean, I, th- I think you have to think about it like who are who are guys that we're getting new information on? Like we have seen Isaac Sayamalo as a starting left guard for the last two years. He's fine. He's an average starter. I don't think I don't think you can reasonably expect him to be that much better or that much worse than what we've seen. And I don't think that a couple of training camp practices are going to move the needle either way. We are still like, you know, Andre Dillard is still a big question mark. Uh, we don't know what he's going to look like as a starter entering year two. And the fact that he's, you know, not h- handling Josh Sweat that well is probably is probably not a good sign. Like these guys that we are getting new information on, it matters more. Like Malik Jackson is a veteran, but he's over 30 and, you know, he never really got to play in the defense last year. So it's probably it moves the needle a little bit that he's having a good practice. Well, this is, you know, these guys like. You know, these guys like, you know, Tuhill and Mylotta and, and all these other guys who we don't know what to expect. I think this stuff matters more. It, it goes to, like, 
you know, the John Hightower, Darius Slay thing sure. from yesterday. It's nice that Hightower can beat Darius Slay because we don't know what Hightower is. Whereas I don't really care what Darius Slay does in training camp. No, that's a valid point. And, and I think with, with Dillard, it's, it's probably in the crosshairs more. Uh, now, Joshua, he can do that to offensive tackles. Uh, and I, I say that honestly. I mean, he, he, he has. Josh, what's a good, he's, he's yeah. fine. He's a good player. But he has and, the and, and there is like real And there is real upside for Joshua too. He is a player who, who I think you can say there's like a, a wide range of outcomes on how good he can be. Exactly. But, but he, he has that, that get off where um, he can make an offensive tackle look bad uh, on a given snap because of that talent that he has. Uh, and and that's what happened with with that particular play. I think overall it was it was Malik Jackson's day in in terms of the way he played, and he was the one who was really pushing the pocket the most. Yeah, and well, it was certainly the the defensive line's day yes. as a whole. Uh, I do think that um, you know I said yesterday that that Osman's the only one who hasn't flashed for me. Uh, even because I'm discounting his reps against Mylotta. <laughs> uh Gennard Avery hasn't done much either. And I don't, he was like the one guy who did nothing today as far as I yeah. can tell. Yeah, that's a good point. That that's 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 a really good point. Is that fair to say? That well, uh, and and Sharif Miller who was sick. Right. Now, I Sharif yeah. Miller had a good day yesterday, I thought. But um yes. we should yes. say that there were four Eagles today who were out of practice with an illness. Uh Sharif Miller, Rasul Douglas, Jalen Rager, and Deontay Burnett, and just to sort of explain what that, like, the wide range of possibilities that could mean, uh, it could be, you know, something like they woke up with a sore throat or whatever, that, you know, displaying some kind of symptoms that could be COVID-related, or it could be, you know, uh, they were too close to someone who had those symptoms. Uh, but as far as long as they're not on the actual COVID list, like that's what the COVID list is there for, there's no reason to think that they they have it. Exactly. You know, if 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 you wake up with some type of symptom, the team is going to be cautious about it. Uh, so that is certainly understandable. But but yeah, the reserve COVID list is is there for for cases of COVID or when you're around someone with COVID. So it's important, at least at this point, to distinguish between the symptoms and the illness. Uh, the other injury we should point out, well. Yeah, I, I I was about to say Marcus Epps. I don't think we need to point out Marcus Epps, but he is day to day. Zach Ertz is the injury we must point out. He he's day to day with an upper body injury. Was on the sideline. And I don't think there's anything to be concerned about there. Uh, perhaps uh, he was getting his hair done because you and Shield were very impressed by it yesterday. Um, but in all seriousness, mm, nice. uh, I think it affected the offense. It affected the offense in that. I didn't think it was a particularly strong day for Carson Wentz, and I know this is not an excuse, but it's an explanation. He did not have Zach Ertz out there, did not have Dallas Goddard out there, did not have Jalen Rager out there, uh, did not have Miles Sanders out there, did not have Boston Scott out there, obviously did not have Alshon Jeffrey out there. Uh, so it was very much like 2009 Carson Wentz in that Joshua Perkins was his top tight end, J.J. Arthega Whiteside, Greg Ward, and he had Deshaun too, but... Uh, Look, it, it, it was not a murderous row of skill position players. And then when you add in the fact that he had pressure in his face, um, it was not the best day that he had. And uh, right before we started recording, actually, Zach, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I believe it was Tom Pelissero reported that uh, Dallas Goddard has a hairline fracture in one of his thumbs. 
but it's not not a big deal. He should be back uh, fairly soon. But I I liked the phrasing of one of his thumbs. It makes me <laughs> imagine that he has like you know eighteen thumbs. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, thumb guy. <laughs> Uh, the the hairline fracture is always an interesting. You know, it's like the adjective for up for the fracture. It's not a full fracture. It's a hairline fracture. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, Dallas got it in his thumbs. Uh, I, you mentioned Ortega Whiteside. He actually had a, not a bad day. No, he had a good day, especially early on. Um, the, and 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 there was one time in my notebook here. I was I was tracking plays for a while. Uh, and. There was like three or four plays that went to Ortega Whiteside. And there's a story up on The Athletic about Ortega Whiteside. We had a chance to talk to him mm. yesterday. Uh, I I thought he was interesting in our conversation with him. Um, first off, really was honest about last year. Like He, he said he was like he was real with everyone who, who asked him. Um, it was a bad year. Uh, and he he did not put out good film. He needs to play better. I actually thought his response and, and his approach was a little different than Andre Dillard's approach the day before. I thought like, so. It, you know what? I was going to say this too, and it's like um, this is like pseudoscience, like, uh, like pseudo-psychology nonsense that probably doesn't matter at all. But I like I like Arthega Whiteside's approach much more much yes. more than like I I believe that our, our I believe Arthega Whiteside more than I believe Dillard. Yeah, Arthega Whiteside was just was just owning it and then explaining that that like he's faster than he played last year. He focused on improving his his speed uh, this offseason. Um, actually, we were talking about it on the podcast yesterday in terms of the amount of weight that he lost. Uh, so. Yeah, he he was very honest about it. Dillard was was more like, oh, I don't care what fans say; it's only the people in the building, and and uh, th- there was almost like a defiance to him, um, for lack of a better term. There, would you agree? Yes. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's 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 obviously different personalities, and I don't know if that that necessarily matters on the field. But I I, I did think Arthega Whiteside was was pretty honest about what happened last year. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, all right, how do you want to go through this? Do you want to go through sort of position by position what happened today, or you want to take us through the uh, the the chronology of the practice? No, let's let's go position by position. I think that's a good way to do it. Okay, so uh, you know we had uh, you mentioned Wentz, and we also what was what was interesting today was we got to see a little bit of Sudfeld with the ones, um, and it was actually much. It was a lot of Nate Sudfeld today, and not as much Jalen Hurts. So yes. it was a bit of a uh, a give back on you know following how many reps those guys are getting and we actually talked to Sudfeld today so uh maybe you want to tell us what you what you thought of Sudfeld's day and what you what you thought of his uh virtual zoom press conference yeah so so first off in terms of the snaps I I did not keep keep track of um of all the snaps but uh 94.1 WIP's Elliot Short Parks did and he had 35 snaps for Sudfeld 14 for Jalen Hurts so we had spoken in past days about them splitting snaps, and it was very much Sudfeld today. Sudfeld even got a little work with the ones. Uh, having a chance to talk to Nate Sudfeld after practice, well, well, and I'll say uh, about his day, I thought, and correct me if you disagree with me, but I thought this was the best he's played this summer. He had some good throws. I there. thought so too, yeah. yeah. And he made a re- there was one a really nice throw he made down the left sideline to Marcus Green uh, for a completion on Cravon LeBlanc. And I thought it was only fair to like the 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 throw that I said uh, Hertz had on Monday that was like better than any throw Sudfeld's ever had. I thought mm-hmm. this was a, this was a pretty good throw. 
You also had a good one to Big Bob, correct? Uh, I think that's right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, and when I say Big Bob, Robert Davis. Um, and yeah, I, Anybody who's listening to this <laughs> episode and doesn't know who Big Bob is is going to be confused <laughs> by a lot of things. The Friday Night Happy Hour episode, yes. Um, yeah, in, in my notes, I, I, I just had nice catch Robert Davis, and I presume it did not come from Carson Wentz. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, I, in talking to Sudfeld, he said that he wasn't necessarily paying attention to the competition that they brought in. Uh, he, he does not follow the draft. Uh, he, I do he was, feel bad when like he gets peppered with like four Jalen Hurts <laughs> questions in a row, and not like what do you think of the competition, but like what does Jalen Hurts do well? What's impressed <laughs> yeah, exactly. you about him? Like, yeah, but but like, but really, that's job. that's like a function of a backup quarterback is like you are the the yeah. quote about everyone else. That's you know, true. I, I mean, I I hate to say it. How many conversations I've had with Nate Sudfeld about it's Nick true, Foles yeah. or Carson Wentz over the years, or yeah. any receiver or any exactly. offensive lineman? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he is a go-to. He is He's, a go-to quote, and, and he knows that too. Um, but yeah, but uh, you know, he said that he, in, in terms of the competition, that was the first question that that came up. He was asked if he views himself as as the number two, and his answer to that it's it's kind of a cliche, but. You know, he says that rent is due every day. You know, and, and and that you're 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 not owed anything in this league, and that he's going out there like he's competing for it. Uh, now, now Doug Peterson has said he was number two when Nate Sudfeld signed with the Eagles back in March. Obviously, this was before Hertz came on board, but he kind of referenced then that that he was uh, uh, he was confident he would be the backup quarterback this year. Uh, so it's. It, that's the approach he took. That he's that he's he's not guaranteed. He just needs to put his best foot forward. I asked him at 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 the end, kind of about his outlook going forward. Nate Sudfeld said that he wanted to be a starting quarterback. That's obvious. Everyone wants to be a starting quarterback. But when he signed the one year deal in March, he was pretty clear uh, about that. If you remember draft night, and I, I think you and Shield were kind of joking about it, but the coaching staff. And Howie, they were saying they need a backup quarterback long term because Nate Sudfeld has these aspirations about being a starting quarterback. Um, but asking Nate about that and the fact that he doesn't have a preseason, yeah, he he admitted it's a tough spot. Um, you know that I mean, there's a chance he might not play this year. Uh, so it's very interesting to see what happens with Sudfeld. I I can't imagine uh, un- unless there's an injury to Carson Wentz and and, and Nate gets time this year. That his stock is going to be any different next March than it is this than it was this past March. I think that's probably right. Yeah, I mean, no one's no one's just handing Nate Sudfeld a starting job. <laughs> um, that's for sure. Uh, I I actually did think he was okay today, though. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, yeah, I did, I, I did. It was it was good watching him and talking to him. Um, so as for the running backs, uh, you know, there's no Miles Sanders, no Boston Scott, uh, which means Corey Clement is the the lead running back. Uh, and I do think that uh, it's fair to say that he looks better this summer than he did last summer. He's got Super Bowl Corey. Yeah, I'm not willing to go quite that far. Um, and, you know, we, we did get to see a little bit of guys going live today. And today was a very big Adrian Killens day, Zach. Killens was working as the uh, the number one kickoff returner, the number one punt returner. Yeah, uh, what'd you make of that, Bo? Well, there's no Rager, uh, no Boston Scott. So... I think that Killens, I think he has a chance to make the team as the kickoff returner because uh, he's a very good kickoff returner and was in college, and he's got that crazy speed. 
Uh, I do not trust him as a punt returner. He doesn't look good tracking the ball or catching the ball, and he didn't do it in college. Uh, even though he is this like crazy fast guy, I think it tells you a little something that they didn't give him the punt return job at Central Florida. So I don't trust him in that capacity. Uh, but I, 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 I saw a little bit of juice from him as a running back. Now, he got he got planted a couple times, um, once by Graylin Arnold, although I think he got the first down on that play. So, it's you know, it's not – I think we make a big deal out of the hit, even though he did his job. But he made one really nice cut on a live play uh, when I believe he was following uh, – it looked like he was following Pryor and Driscoll, uh, like a, a hole on the right side. That was a really nice cut. He's fast. I don't know. I, I think he's got a better chance to make the team than – Mike Warren for sure, and I would I would take him over Elijah Holyfield too. Well, it seems he's ahead of 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 Mike Warren, uh, and it, it didn't look like that in the past. But like you said, getting first team reps today, and I, I think he's more of a third down player because of the way he can be used in the passing game. I find it interesting that that, that you think he's going to be the kick returner this year. Um, I didn't say and, going to be. I think if he's going to uh, make the, I think he has a chance to, to a chance to be. So it was it was interesting listening to. Day fifth today, when when he was talking about how those decisions are are made, and he said sometimes you you keep a guy just because they can be the returner for you, but other times like it's it's a guy who who fits in in a different role and they can also return. Uh, that's why I I've been thinking that that Killens was was more of a practice squad candidate, and you would see John Hightower or Greg Ward in that kick return role, and you'll see Jalen Rager in the punt return role. But you are correct that if if the four if they keep four running backs if you, if you're assuming Corey Clement is number three and they keep four running backs and Corey Clement have, is going to make this roster yes that's yes. my that's my Zach uh, Greg <laughs> that's your authoritative uh, yeah. yeah I'll bet uh, I'll bet one to sixteen pasta fisios on that okay okay so you're, you're you all in that, on Super Bowl Corey do you take that bet uh no I I do think he's going to make the roster um, <laughs> okay. I mean, 16 is, well, I, I guess I, I could buy you one sandwich. Um, but still, I, I do believe Corey's going to make the roster. Um, <laughs> but in Killens' case, I think he can do more than Holyfield and and Mike Warren can. The question is, do you want more of that that power back or that or traditional running back because you already have Boston Scott as that versatile do-it-all type? Well, and it's also like, you know, you have to think about this from the coach's perspective. Like part of the reason Adrian Killens is getting, uh, aside from two guys being out, it's like because he is a similar body type to Boston Scott. And so, you know, there are times when, uh, you know, they're going 21 personnel and it's, uh, you know, Holyfield in the backfield and Killens in the slot. And that's that's really just, uh, you know, a simulation for when it's Sanders and Scott on the field together. And 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 by the way, I'm going to correct myself. I I said that Greg Ward as a kick return candidate. I meant Boston Scott. Greg Ward's a punt return mm. candidate. Yes. Yeah, I think Boston Scott is probably the likeliest uh, kickoff kick returner. Return. I would agree. Uh, Killens actually, I did see he had a nice uh, he had a nice blitz pickup today. So that's you know for a tiny little guy, good to see. Well, a tiny little guy's relative, though. Uh, I mean, on a on a football field, he's <laughs> as tiny field, little guy yes. as it gets. Yes. Yes. Um, now, is is he one of your guys? Because if I if I recall in your undrafted rookie write up, uh, you were into an Adrian Killens. Yeah, he I saw him at the. He was one of like four or five guys I really liked at the Shrine game, and two of them landed on the Eagles. High Tower and Killens. 
Hightower and Killens. Well, Hightower's my guy, so. Well, back <laughs> off. I've inv- any, anyone, who, anyone who has ever attended the Shrine game is one of my guys. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, Rodney McLeod. Bo Rodney Allen. McLeod, I yeah. I have that flex about Rodney McLeod. I, I covered <laughs> Rodney McLeod when he was a teenager, and they were recruiting him yeah. out to Matha. Yeah, I know you. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I think we sort of talked. Any anybody else at, at wide receiver do anything to uh, catch your eye today? No, we we mentioned JJ, um, right? And yeah, I, I thought he was the one who who stood out today. Quez uh, had a drop. Uh, he did from Sudfeld. From Sudfeld, yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I mean, they didn't. They didn't get to make a ton of plays. The wide receivers today. Uh, Marcus Green had that really nice play, mm-hmm. but uh, Marcus Green is not going to make the team. A, a big Green Day, by the way. Yes, very, very much overkill with with Marcus Green's jersey today. Uh, do you want to ex- explain why I said it was a Green Day? No, you, you can explain it. <laughs> okay, uh, the jersey numbers were lime green today, um, and the players signed them, uh, and they were they're going to be auctioned off for Eagles Autism Foundation. Uh, and if you go back to last fall, Bo wrote a good story about why that lime green is a more prominent color in Eagles uh, signage, merchandise, things of that nature. There you go. Uh, so because, again, there was no Ertz and Goddard, as you said, uh, Perkins was working as the as the number one tight end, but we also got to see a good amount of Noah Tungiai and Caleb Wilson, and they both, uh, they both actually made a few plays, I thought. Yeah, Tungiai caught a touchdown from from when so certainly that helps his case you know he's he's with the ones gets a touchdown uh and and like we've said that number three tight end spots wide open uh well it depends if if if, if you're committed to josh perkins or not are, are you ready to give josh perkins I mean, the authoritative cory clement okay so then so that's wide open and uh tangi uh as as you wrote up in your offense write-up the best basketball player on the team so well, I'm not, I'm I'm careful to say the best basketball player, but I think he's he is certainly the most accomplished basketball player. The most accomplished, okay, because because I think the sentence was that he's one of the two most, and he's not number two. That's right. Yes. Um. Yeah. I. I. You know, there's like a clip of Deshaun playing basketball, and Deshaun is a very good basketball player. Like these guys who are ridiculous athletes might be better basketball players than Tangia, but he's the only one. Who played a Division One basketball game? Well said. So there you go. Uh, any of the offensive linemen we sort of talked already? We sort of yeah. glossed through those guys. Is there anything else you think is worth mentioning? We got to see Jason Peters at right guard in real time today for the first time, and there was a what was the deal with him yelling? Yelling? Yeah. So Jason Peters came off, and he appeared to want to go back on. Um, and they, it looked they like kept he was yelling at Doug. Right. It looked that way. I I I don't know what the discussion was. But um, yeah, he he was ready to go back in. It looked like, and he was fired up. I was never, I have never seen him like that in a practice before. No, I mean he he was getting a decent amount of reps. Um, I wasn't as focused on him as some other reporters were. Uh, I have read accounts that that he was fine, wasn't like great, but he was fine there. I mean, he looks the part. I was watching him when he was in. I I was taking care to to sort of watch him a little bit. I thought he looked the part. I you know I, I I think the expectation should be that he's going to be fine as long as he stays healthy, hmm. right? Yeah, I I would agree with that too. But it was the first, it was the first series of full team work today when he came limping off. And as I wrote in the observations, like like we've seen him limp off before. Right. Like that, how many times over 
your your decade at Eagles practices have have you seen that exact footage of right. of Jason Peters limping off calling for someone to come on, you know? Yeah, I mean Jason Peters is not playing every snap of this season. Let's, no. You know. No. Matt, so, Matt Pryor is going to get his work in. So when Jeff Stallin says Matt Pryor is the sixth starter, yeah. I think he literally means Matt Pryor is the sixth starter. Right, exactly. Um and I actually thought I actually thought Pryor did well for the most part. I think he got he gave up one sack, so you know, not great, but um that was about that was about all my offensive line thoughts. You got anything else? Uh, no. Before we go to defense, though, I I do want to point out it is a big night tonight uh, for playoffs in basketball and hockey. Playoffs, playoffs, uh, and perhaps you playoffs. you want some some skin in the game. Well, sure, the regular season is fun, but only one thing can compare to the excitement of basketball's playoffs, and that is having skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Basketball has made its way through the regular season. Now it's time to crown a champion, and DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you in the center of the action. To celebrate basketball's first round of the playoffs, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you an amazing free bet offer. For every day that you get at least $20, for every day you bet at least $20 on basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook will give you a $10 free bet. Head to the app right now and check out all that they have to offer, including player props, quarter-by-quarter betting, and so much more. Plus, don't forget about hockey's playoffs. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering great odds and promotions all week long to help you make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe, secure, and reliable betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Just download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TOSS when you sign up. For a limited time, all users can get a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 or more on all first-round playoff action. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out by offering a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 on all first-round playoff action. Again, that's promo code TOSS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, I'm going to try to read this as earnestly as possible. Okay, that's my that's my direction. Now is the time to get your student loan payments under control. You could be saving by refinancing your student loans with Earnest. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple years, odds are you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with Earnest. Even if you've refinanced before, with today's low-rate environment, most people could save by refinancing again, and I want that for you. Checking your new rate is fast and easy. To start, complete a few questions online. It only takes two minutes, I promise. That Then you'll get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. Do you want to check your monthly payment, combine many loans into one easy payment, or get a better rate? Any of those things, if you want to do them, Earnest makes it easy. Plus, there's no origination fee or any other fees, and the internet really, really loves Earnest's customer service. They're rated 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. And in addition to all that stuff, that's all great, right? Earnest is cool. It's got earn in the name. That makes sense for a money-making thing. But guess what? 
you can get $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with earnest.com slash birds. Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you refi your student loan at earnest.com slash birds. Now, it's not available in all states. I'll tell you that right now. That's the truth. But if you visit earnest.com slash birds for more details, terms and conditions apply. Earnest student loan refinance loans are made by Earnest Operations LLC and MLS number 1204917, California Financing Law License number 6044788. The address is 303 2nd Street, Suite 401N, San Francisco, California. Of course, it's in San Francisco, 94107. Visit earnest.com slash licenses for a full list of license states. Let's do this, guys. Do you think I do you think I hit that? Your earnest voice is I, I don't know if it's mocking those who are earnest, <laughs> if it's trying to sound like Kirk Cousins. Like, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. I, I, I did sort of uh, fall into a little bit of Melvin. There. Yes, yes. Uh, now, do you consider Kirk Cousins one who is earnest? No, I don't. No, okay. So then you got to work on distinguishing. I know Kirk Cousins from Ernest. I know it's like my it's like my English accent bleeding into my Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a very michael scott problem i gotta differentiate better yes uh okay uh well we talked about the defensive line do you have any more specific notes from uh, what we saw today that, that are worth passing on no we really hit on on the d line let's let's just touch linebackers quickly i thought that sean bradley uh he had do you have uh, him in one... the room with you no i do not have them in the room with me let's uh, touch on I didn't okay, say yeah, because we're supposed linebacker. to keep our distance. I didn't want to make sure yes. you, you're not touching the linebackers. No, no, no. Very respectful of the distance. Um, uh, so, yeah, but you have the, you know, you're getting tested every day, so you don't, you, you can really do whatever you want. You're gonna get, you're gonna get answers no matter what. That that doesn't mean I can have like a a free for all, not respect social distancing, right? Like you, you know, I'm, I'm still a responsible human being. I'm pretty not sure to... tier twos can touch all the linebackers they want. <laughs> I'm staying away from from this conversation. Uh, so the so Sean Bradley, I, I, Alex I thought Singleton had a, wakes up and you're standing right outside his door. <laughs> that is weird. Putting gloves on. <laughs> that is an odd joke, Bo. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sorry, Marissa. I'm sorry you're subjected to this. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing over here too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Bo tends to get loopy at, at by the happy hour podcast on, on Friday. Marissa, you'll see that during the season after primetime games. Okay, mm. it, it gets to be like uh, you know we we wait for for Bo to finish, uh, or or both of us finish our uh, writing. But but Bo is more of a night guy. I'm more of a morning guy. I don't know if, if, if that surprises you or not, Marissa. <laughs> but uh, but the the uh, the two a.m. podcasts. It's sometimes it's it's like uh, Schadenfreude where where <laughs> Bo will just prolong it because he, he he knows that the later we go, just I I, I get tired and loopy and grumpy and <laughs> and he'll just he'll go on these tangents at two a.m. and uh, and I have a hard time keeping it together. <laughs> I mean, two a.m. is also if, to it. if it's a prime time game. There's no way we're starting at two a.m. Let's get that. Let's get that straight right now, Marissa. We can talk, uh, you know, off pot about me doing the record because I don't want to keep you up till yes. five in the morning. But yes. Uh, yes. yeah, two a.m. is not is not happening for a primetime game. Let's get that straight. My first exposure to it, really, you know, because the preseason games were, were the first one thing. preseason game. No, but but the my my first true life exposure. You know, the preseason game was like the warm up. 
Last year, week two, they go to Atlanta. And uh, Bo had, I think, a 6 a.m. flight. And I said, what time do you want to do the pot? And he's like, well, I don't have to go to the airport until 4.30. So maybe like 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, and you know, I, I, I was used to working on a deadline at, at the newspaper. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so that was, that was a fun experience. Yeah, I'm looking I, forward I, to him. I went straight to the airport, I think, for that bad boy. Yes, yes, you did. Anyways, we we went into this tangent because you were making a joke about Alex Singleton. Uh, but I was talking right, about you Sean to Bradley. Touch some linebackers. Yeah, I was talking about Sean Bradley, and I I, I thought uh, Sean I I keep thinking Sean Bradley's showing up with a play most of these days. I asked Ken Flagel today about Sean Ken Bradley, Flahole. and Ken spoke about. Sean's leadership ability said that before Mm -hmm. the veterans were here, uh, Bradley was the guy who kind of took charge on the field with the rookies. He said that was very noticeable. You like to see it for for middle linebackers, but it stands out because you're talking about a sixth round pick and a sixth round pick. You know, sometimes maybe you think that that they don't want to speak up, but Sean Bradley very much has that, that front of the line personality. He does, and we got that sense from talking to him. At the same time, he is the middle linebacker, so he is the yeah. one who should be talking. Yes, right. That is correct. Yes. Uh, he had a nice he had a nice play in the backfield today, but he also got juked out of his pants by uh, Elijah Holyfield on a little swing pass. Um, so you know, let's 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 keep uh, let's keep the lollipops under control with uh, with with Mr. Bradley. Are you more of a Davion guy now? I wouldn't say I'm more of a Davion guy. Um, okay. And I think Sean Bradley has been probably better than expected through the first week. But I'm I'm just saying, you know, this guy's not coming in and uh, all of a sudden going to be a you know Pro Bowl middle linebacker. So real quick, what are your linebacker power rankings? Uh, good question. Like, who do I want to see on the field? Who, if if you were ranking their top six right now? Or let's say top five, because I don't even know if they'll keep six. Right. Five's a good round number. I'll give you top all five seven. Linebackers. Okay. Let's uh, hear it. But, but, but what is it? Who's Who should be on the field? Or, yes. or who's going to yes. make who the should. roster? No, who should be on the field? Not who's going to make the roster. Who's going to be? Who, who should be on ranking. the field on defense? Yes, exactly. Okay. If if you were Howie Roseman, if you're running the team. Okay. Uh, Gary won. And, uh, you know, that's no great place to be. Uh, although, you know, there was a good question asked of Ken Flagell today about just the disparity of, you know, how Gary is talked about in the building versus how he's sort of viewed outside the building, you know, keeping in mind that he was, uh, you know, second or, or tied for the the highest percentage of missed tackles in the league last year. Um, but, you know, they talk about how he does a lot of stuff that, that helps the defense itself. Uh, you know, he's getting the right depth that's helping out a cornerback, stuff like that. I believe that he's always in the he, he's in the right place, but there's a difference between being in the right place and getting the job done. Uh, still, I think you have to go Gary one. Uh, I think I probably go I probably go TJ Edwards too. Hmm. And uh, going shock so far. And it, well, it, I don't know if that's shock because it. I mean, the way that they've played so far, it's it looks like Duke Riley is going to be the nickel linebacker, which I think is a is a a trouble spot. Um, I guess I guess we're talking like who should be on the field right now. Who do I trust more? Uh, I, I'm like I'm tempted to go Alex Singleton three, uh, really, because I think he's going to be in the right place. 
And like I don't I don't trust Duke Riley. So I'm gonna go Singleton, Bradley, Duke Riley, Davion Taylor, Dante Olson. Okay. That's interesting. How would you're you very, go? You're very high on Singleton. Uh, I would probably go Nate Gary. Uh, I'm not, but I'm not high. Like, TJ he shouldn't Edwards. be on the field either. They've got basically two guys who should be playing, uh, you know, yeah. defense this year. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would put Bradley fourth, Taylor fifth, Singleton sixth, Olsen seventh. Now, okay. now I, I will say this about Nate Gary. One of the things that unfortunately now now this is way down the list of what uh COVID-19 has taken away from us okay so but I'm saying this as a loyal Bo Wolf reader I am going to miss his spots in the Wolf's Den this year uh and I I I point that out yeah because I'm gonna, we're, miss, we're probably gonna, gonna have, miss getting all these new guys yeah in there. we are probably gonna have a lot of group interviews this year on on Zoom I I don't know what the accessibility in, in person is going to be at all this year, but Nate Gary is one of the great contributors to the Wolf Den. Honest, uh, play. You know he he's always on board to play. I, I think uh, you know he his was it an Eagles Esoterica when it was the South Dakota versus North Dakota. Uh, yes. Yeah, that was a good one. And then there have 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 been some that haven't even come to light that were good Nate Gary submissions. And yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else from the linebackers? Not linebackers. D backs. I'll, I'll, I'll just say Graylin Arnold. You know, we mentioned him on the hit, but we yeah. spoke about him yesterday. And uh, you know, I, I thought he had a decent practice with the pads on today. He did. And then, uh, and then Darius Slay on the in the first seven on. I'm sorry, the first eleven on elevens. He had a pass breakup. Uh, so we talked about yesterday about Slay making plays. That was a play that he made. Uh, and and then we will also uh, I will also point out Avante Maddox and Ronnie McLeod both read Carson Wentz passes, but dropped the interceptions or had you know pass breakups that could have been uh, big interceptions. So they did what they're supposed to do in terms of reading the route, but they didn't finish the play. Yeah, not not a great job by Carson, uh, especially that McLeod one. That was a like yeah. a very clear pick six with you know yes. back, they were backed up at their own you know five yard line or so. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Uh, I thought Kayvon Wallace made a nice play at one point, and uh, Rudy Ford made a good play at one point. Uh, Rudy Ford's a guy who we don't talk about a lot. Um, and you know, Howie talked last year about you know he was going to really surprise, like he was people were going to love him on special teams, and I thought he was fine on special teams. I didn't think he was like you know Colt Anderson out there, but I think he, I, I think there's a you know we probably don't list him as on the roster and i think neither of us had him on in our last 53s and i think there's a chance he yeah. does make the team my favorite rudy ford special teams moment was was when you brought up to dave fit how many uh penalties he was having yeah a lot and, of penalties <laughs> and dave fit was like well that position gets a lot of penalties <laughs> and it's like that seemed to be such you're an right. odd explanation you know? <laughs> you're right yeah uh, i forgot about that i'm glad you remembered that yeah. Uh, so yeah, maybe they can get a special teams ace who's not also getting a lot of penalties. Uh, uh, but yeah, right. that's that's my rundown position by position. All right, why don't we do our why don't we do our stork report? We'll do uh, three up, three down. Yes, you get three first and pick out. this time. Yeah, first pick because uh, I want two, three, and the snake. Okay. Oh, interesting! You're doing a snake with uh oh, but a, 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 a is a two person snake better for the? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, but okay. it's also we're going we're doing six total. 
Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yep. Uh, okay. Let's think about this. Um, because we came up with this idea right before we started recording, and I didn't uh, plan it ahead. Now, I want to I I pick guys who we haven't talked a lot about already. Um, so I will say that... Hmm... Ah, uh, I mean, we've talked about it. I think I think you have to go, even though he had a pretty good practice today. I think I'm going to start by going uh, Nate Sudfeld stock down, just because mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think Jalen Hurts is coming for that job. That's a good one, and and I think that's an issue that that we will hit on even more next week. Uh, mm. with, uh, with 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 greater sample size here, I'm going stock up Malik Jackson, and we talked about him <laughs> earlier, but. I got to roll with the guy who I was defending last year. He was yeah. such a big he was such a big addition a year ago. Only played one game and they signed Javon Hargrave. People don't really, you know, you know, what they're talking about does he have a role with this team? And I asked Malik yesterday if people are forgetting about him and he said, "Quote, I have some ground to make up, especially if I can go back all the way to my last year in Jacksonville. Got benched a little bit there, then came here and got injured. I'm not going to say if they forgot about me." But I think I have some ground to make up and make people remember. Remember, this is a guy who was once one of the highest paid defensive linemen in football, who uh, was a Pro Bowl player, uh, who was a, a foundation piece on a Super Bowl winning defense. Got a Super Bowl ring. Yes. And uh, he's he's one of the the 10 highest paid defensive tackles in the NFL this year. So he's someone Only who, if you, you – uh, it's 4-3 defensive tackles. 4-3 defensive yeah. tackles. Correct. Correct. Um, and, and I, you know, so I, I think he's someone who the Eagles definitely have plans for. Uh, now that being said, I appreciated his honesty when I asked him about playing on the edge, uh, because that's something that Jim Schwartz volunteered him for or said they could do. And he said, uh, I don't want to do it consistently. I really prefer the three technique, but I'll do whatever the team needs me to do. Very on brand for you to go with Malik Jackson as a stock up. I'm curious if your other two stock ups will be Josh Sweat and Eli Manning. <laughs> all right, let's keep. Oh, all right. So it is my turn again here. Uh, stock up. I'm gonna go and and maybe there's some recency bias here, but JJ, I think a Whiteside because I I think two days in a row here he he has looked better. Uh, now that being said, we need to be cautious about over rating or overstating uh jj in the month of august i looked back uh at that ravens game last year so the third preseason game jj has eight catches 100 plus yards and a touchdown if you recall howie roseman this is the game when howie roseman said other executives around the league were calling him saying this guy's gonna be offensive rookie of the year this year (laughs) okay mind you mind you that he was going into the year as, as the fourth wide receiver and they had two tight ends so like the plan wasn't to play him that much, but but that was the way the team that or, or that was kind of the way JJ went into last season. Uh, so don't overstate what happens in August. But I think given the way his season ended, uh, certainly came he's he's looked okay or he, he's looked better. We we have talked about this before, but that would absolutely be the best part, or the most fun part about being a GM is just <laughs> texting other GMs BS lines about their guys to try to gas them up a little bit, knowing that you think it's a joke. Like, oh man, ah, God, I I think Drew Lock could win could win MVP this year, John. And and now when you're in a fantasy draft, are, are you a good pick guy? Like, 
if someone takes a guy who you like, oh, that's a good pick. Do you do that? Uh, I I might say like I had my eye on that guy. Although if okay. we're being honest, like any any uh, fantasy league worth its salt is doing an auction draft to begin with. So you, know, you can well, see like, you got there. a good value there. Yes, I agree with you there. Uh, okay, I will go. I had somebody in my mind and I forgot about who it was. What am I thinking? Oh, you know what? I'll go. Uh, I will go. John Hightower stock up. We've talked and we've we have talked enough about him, but uh, I think he has shown up a little bit, maybe more than you might have expected for uh, for a fifth round pick. And a part of it is also that you know our our expectations for this position are so low after the past twelve months. But uh, I think that he has showed that he can separate a little bit. So so good for him. And. Give me uh, – this is an easy one. Stock down Jordan Mailata. Yes. Do you think he makes the team? Not at this rate. No. I mean, I, I mean, frankly, I, I, I would rather have, have Prince Tega Wanogo as my, as my project left tackle than Mailata at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any question. Now, the, I, I think the curiosity is because there was um, – such attention paid to Mylotta over the past two years. Is there a chance that you get him through to the practice squad, or do you think he gets claimed by another team? Or do you think there's a trade market for him? I mean, I'll take whatever you got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Howie likes to exhaust that trade market. Certainly not. Uh, I guess I should have put him yeah. on the trade on that that list of ten most likely trade guys. Well, at at the time, trading a 23 year old left tackle with that athletic ability, that body type, is not something you would have thought. Mm. Do you think do you think Jannard Avery makes the team? Oof. I do. Um because I I just don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to walk away from the, you know, fourth round pick. I mean that's their fourth round pick this upcoming year, right? They're not just going to cut him. Well, yeah, but you've got you've got four guys ahead and you've got another fourth round pick in Sharif Miller and a seventh round pick in two. which 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 is more important to Howie to protect you think? Sharif Miller or Jannard Avery? Good questions. I would say Jannard Avery. You think he'd rather protect the guy he traded for than the guy he drafted? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I shouldn't say definitely, but but that's what I think. Okay. Um, so my stock down. Look, I gotta. I I I might need to stork, get stork stork down. Stork down, sorry, stork down. This is I a might, stork report. Is, uh, we'll, we'll be expecting a few uh, a, a few stork tips from you at the end as well. I I might need to check uh, for some one way tickets off this island, but Sydney Jones, my man. I mean, I've been defending Sydney. <laughs> That's a good one. We haven't talked <laughs> yes. about that, so I'm glad yeah. you did him. Yeah, I I've been defending Sydney Jones here on this podcast for 13 months, but look, <laughs> you got to be on the field in year four, right? Like, well, this is the other Moa Copa that I uh, owe the listeners. We have not yet, this training camp, said he can't make the club in the tub. <laughs> and right now, Sidney Jones, my friend, you can't make the clump in the tub. I mean, come on. I mean, look, and I'm I'm not here to say, like, like be a concussion uncle and play through injuries. But, uh, you know, fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times, fool me four times. You know, how many, how many times it's... It's it's to the point where they only have two weeks here, 
and uh, you know he he hasn't been out there. So uh, definitely uh, give me Craig James. Give me Craig James over him. Yeah. So he was he was there early on and then banged up, and I guess we'll see next week. But um, you know there there definitely isn't a competition for that starting job. So then you look at reserve roles, you look at special teams, and and you look at future with the team. It's just something to think about there. That 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 could be the trade candidate. I think uh, I I had my own concussion uncle moment today, and I sort of had to check myself. It was like right the first period when they went live, and there was like a little swing pass to Elijah Holyfield, and he sort of like went out of bounds as he was you know as a, a corner was approaching him, and I was like. Let's go. Come on. Lay some wood, Elijah. Drop your shoulder. Get a couple <laughs> extra yards. This is a live period. Oh, look at you. Yeah, I had, to, yeah. I had to sort of check myself. I think it's an Army-Navy game there. That's right. Uh, okay, you get to... Uh, right. Oh, I, I am, I think that's I'm well up to it. Yeah. I think it's just like, you know, I think, I think they still have some hopes for his talent, but at some point you just you can't keep waiting. Agree with you there. Uh, stock up. We spoke about this earlier, but South Jersey's own Corey Clement, Super Bowl Corey. Uh, okay. He's 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 been making some plays. He looks better. He's on the field, uh, which which has has not been the case in past years. Uh, has a uh, a chapter devoted to him in underdogs. The Philadelphia the Philadelphia Eagles emotional road to Super Bowl victory uh, was a a fun guy to cover coming out of Wisconsin, a local guy as, as a Philadelphia Inquirer writer. I always do the stories on the local guys and, uh, was a fun guy to cover early on in his Eagles tenure. And, and, uh, here he is. And, and it's, it's like a redemption story. You know, he, he took, he was not tendered. He, he takes that low deal and he's earning his way back onto the team. Okay. I think that's good. Uh, and I do think that he has looked a little bit juicier. A great job by Nate Sudfeld today, by the way, when asked about uh, the wide receivers. He said they've got a lot of juice. You got, you know, say what you will about Suddy, but the man respects the juice. He's a Birds with Friends listener. No doubt, I, which I feel bad about. Uh, I'm going to go stock down on a guy who we have not talked a lot about and a guy that I like. But uh, after last year, I thought that Anthony Rush had a good chance to, you know, to stick on this team. And right now, the depth chart, I'm not so sure that it makes sense for them to keep five defensive tackles, assuming that Javon Hargrave can be ready for week one. And Hassan Ridgeway has had a very good camp. And Anthony Rush, you know, this is not necessarily the best, uh, you know, display of his skills is, you know, not being live. He's more of a, you know, a run plugger in the middle. He's the, he's the heaviest guy on the defensive line. Uh, and he, he has made a, a couple plays, but I think he is very solidly fifth among the defensive tackles and i'm not so sure they're going to keep five guys so uh i would say that i'm a little bit lower on anthony rush's chances of making the team today than i would have been you know on sunday i like that one uh and then i will go uh stock up we guy we have talked a little bit about but um i think it's it's clear that he is going to be a big part of the defense and that is will parks um We've talked about Jalen Mills looks the part, and and I think he could probably he could probably be a stock up. Maybe I'll even you know do that with my last one. But uh, Parks is going to play a lot. I think we're going to see a lot of either uh, you know big nickel or just dime with him out there. And 
I think it's he's he's an upgrade at that position for what they've had as as a third safety since it was Sandejo last year and then a washed up Corey Graham the year before that. You know, when in, in seventeen Corey Graham was good, but I think Parks can be even maybe a little bit better than that. Um so uh yeah, that's a good one. And Will Parks is you know, it's I don't know if, if we'll really get a chance to get to know him this year, but it seems like a fun guy to cover. Mm. Uh stock down and a similar vein to Sidney Jones, but but different spirit to it, okay? Because he's not trying to make the team. But Derek Barnett, and yeah. I'm saying Derek Barnett because this was supposed to be a summer that that you know there was a lot of talk before we started getting there from teammates that uh, a Derek Barnett breakout year. I remember one of the first things I I did when I joined the Athletic. You and I did a beat back and forth. Our first one. And we talked about the player who hadn't made the Pro Bowl, who had the best chance right. of making his first one. We both said Barnett last year. Um, and look, I understand the Eagles are being cautious, okay? And and I I I get that if a guy's not on the field on August twenty first, it doesn't necessarily say something about the season when he's you know a guaranteed starter. Uh, but we we can't keep talking about what Derek Barnett can do. You know, it it, it needs to be done consistently and. Uh, you know the 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 recurring injuries or the injuries that have 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 kept popping up. Uh, that's that's been a story with Barnett here. So uh, look, I, I think he's a good player, and I, I'm interested in, in seeing what he, in seeing how he does this year. But he's he's someone who I was looking forward to watching this summer. And then I I need one more stock down stork. Okay, stork down, um, and. Let's see here. Stork, yeah, I keep saying stock. Stork down. Um, can I go with... Uh, you can go with whoever you want. You can touch a linebacker if you need to. <laughs> well, we already spoke about Jannard Avery, but I I probably won't go in that direction there. Um, I, look, in I mentioned Sidney Jones. I'm, I'm going to mention Rasul Douglas too. Um, if, if Rasul Douglas had... Thoughts about winning this starting job. Uh, I don't think he's he has put himself in the in that position uh, this uh, this week. I, I mean, I I don't I understand that for a player like him who's a physical cornerback, these one on one drills don't necessarily kind of support him and, and you know seven on seven the same thing. Um, but I thought I I did think Avante Maddox was 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 the front runner for the job. I thought you were going to see more rotation with the first team. And uh, that was not the case when Douglas was on the field. You know, now, obviously illness today, so it's a different story. But that is, uh, I, I would go stork down relative to what I was expecting. I, I thought he might push his way in the playing time. I think that's fair. Uh, and I will close with, I will close with Jalen Mills as my last stork up, just because I think there is, you know, I think there is still a lot of question as to how this transition is going to go. The Eagles are putting a lot of, stork into it uh but so far he has he has looked the part um you know he and mcleod seem to be working together well and uh you know they, it's not like they've given up any big plays and i you know it's it's still a work in progress but in terms of week one at a at a brand new position he has looked a little bit more at home than i that i might have expected i would agree with you there okay well that'll i guess that'll do it zach what are you going to do with your day off tomorrow so spend it with my family. Spend it with my kids. You're going on a long bike ride? 
no, I'm, I'm going to give my wife the morning off and uh, spend some time with the kids. Well, I'll spend a lot of time with the kids, uh, but enjoy that. And then, um, yeah, looking forward to, to to getting back out there on Sunday. Important move. Important move on a uh, when you got to work on a Sunday to make make the Saturday give the wife the day off or at least the morning off. Exactly. Yeah. So up until nap time, I I told her she's off duty. There you it go. It's all it is all me. I'm offering I'm offering the same. So there you go. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will be back on Sunday to uh, talk about what happened, unless it's a walkthrough, and then maybe we reserve the right to uh, to not do it, but. You know, give give Marissa a day off. But uh, otherwise, thanks for listening this week. We'll be back. We've got five more practices Sunday to Thursday next week, and then that's it for us. So uh, you may never hear from us again. Do we, well, that's uh, not do, true. You will hear us quite a bit, but we just won't be be there at practices again. Do we know what like regular season? Like, are we going to get the same open fifteen minutes thing? That I do not know. There okay. are there is no yeah. I I still think they're they're working through that. Okay. All right. Well, for uh, numbers four, three, and two, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you on Sunday. And as always, we love you. <laughs>